Rob Bro. He's your sports bro at KKAM.com and the Talk 1340 app. You guys are not doing any pass blocking. You're just stepping aside and letting them walk in. Pop, 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 pop. That's what I want. All of you around that ball. What's wrong with y'all? Don't play like some little girls. Y'all like y'all never played football before. Because of nothing. You hear me? They please just like we do. Yes, they sweat just like we do. Do you hear me? They went through two days. We went through two days in 110 degree heat. Yes, sir. I want you to hit everything to move. If the ref gets in your way, you hit him. Okay, then, let's play. But that's eating us too. That gives us too. This is our team. This is us. Let's go right now. Let's get it off now. Let's go. Show Talk 103.9 News, Money, Sports. I am the host. You are the co-host. You can text in 806-855-3712. Lots of stuff to discuss today. Texas Tech football spring practice starts today. This afternoon. Very excited for Texas Tech spring football this year. Uh, it comes at a time where there's a coaching search going on in basketball, so no postseason or anything else. The Lady Raiders in action on Friday uh, after winning last night. Very good game last night. A little rough in the third quarter, but a strong, strong finish. And a, f- a fourth quarter domination from the Lady Raiders. They dominated the first half. They dominated the fourth quarter. And Bailey Moppin, the freshman, the changing of the guard, you can say, from Bree Scott to Bailey Maupin. Uh, we are witnessing it before our eyes. She is the future. And she has had a really good WNIT. Uh, hit a bunch of three-pointers in game one. Hit a bunch of points in the paint and free throws in game two. And now they travel to Arkansas on Friday for the Super 16. Which does not sound as cool as the Sweet 16, but is as equally advanced in the tournament as a Sweet 16 because this is a full 64-team bracket. Arkansas dominating Stephen F. Austin last night. Uh, Kansas and Nebraska are the other two in this regional. So you'll play the winner if you win in the Great Eight, I believe. The Great Eight, the Super 16, they're in the WNIT. And again, Coach Gerlich, the Lady Raiders, 20 wins. Uh, We talked about in the football season where Joey McGuire was getting past all these thresholds you hadn't been to in 15 years. Well, the Lady Raiders are also crossing a bunch of thresholds for the first time in a decade or so to the postseason. 20 wins. All Big 12 performers. If you win another game or two, I'm sure uh, you're going to have an all-tournament performer in Bailey Maupin. 
very, very exciting for the Lady Raiders. And in a, I'm not saying uh, they prefer that the men weren't in the NCAA tournament. I'm sure they would prefer that they were. But the Lady Raiders really getting all the basketball pub right now beyond the coaching search. And the coaching search has been very quiet. Though I do think tonight's game between Grant McCasland and Oklahoma State, the North Texas uh, Screaming Eagles. No, wait, that's O'Donnell. Uh, North Texas there uh, doing what they can do against Oklahoma State tonight. They are underdogs. But I do think you're seeing a bit of a, um, uh, I don't know, an interview, an audition. Therefore, McCaslin, I still do think he is in the mix. Is he the leading candidate? I don't know. It sure seems that way by the amount of people who are talking about coaching candidates. Uh, but I also do think that this committee has been tight-lipped. Uh, Dustin Wobble has been interviewed once. Dr. Lawrence Skuvenick right here on Talk 103.9 yesterday talking about the coaching committee. And their process and how they have gone through some Zoom interviews and will do a few more Zoom interviews, which to me means either guys still in the tournament or guys who have just lost this weekend. Now they're on the schedule. Uh, they have also scheduled a few in-person interviews for a head coaching job. So there are guys outside of the NCAA tournament that they're going after as well. And they are in that process and along that process. And some names have been reported. But nothing imminent. Nothing overly firm, in my opinion. Certainly, though, some smoke around Grant McCasland, the North Texas coach. And I've kind of talked myself into him a little bit, Grant McCasland. I was never out on Grant McCasland. I was just never really all in. I would be fine with that hire, as I've said a hundred times on this program in the Raiderland in the past month. And even the Gambling Gauchos, you can listen to it on uh, YouTube or wherever else you catch a podcast. Just search Gambling Gauchos. But there just seems to be an air around Grant McCaslin that would be safe. You're not going and stealing another Power 6 coach. You're not going and getting a guy like Tubby Smith who's won a national championship at Kentucky. You're not going and getting a guy who was at Texas Tech under Bob Knight for a decade and has had success at multiple stops, albeit short stops, and just beat, well, doesn't look as good now, but just beat Matt Painter in the NCAA tournament. You'd be getting a guy fresh off an NIT run out of Conference USA. Now again, if you look at his T-rank success or his Ken Palm success, his defensive metrics, the offensive numbers, where he's been, what he's done at where he's been, some of the major issues like recruiting you feel like Texas Tech can recruit to Texas Tech because it's Texas Tech, right? 
And there's certainly a sense that you recruit as a coach and people come for the coach and not the university now. But you have to think with a nationally recognized top five facility in the Wobble Center, with the USA, with top four attendance year over year in the Big 12 for a five-year stretch now, with Raider Riot, with a football program on the rise, does it matter? Yeah. With an athletic department that is being successful, track and field, baseball, Lady Raiders now in the postseason. When you can see that athletic department-wide success, that helps every program. Hey, come here if you want to be successful. And whether that's recruiting coaches or players. The issue I have or had with Grant McCaslin is that he built a Power 6 staff and not a Conference USA staff, which was my major problem with Matt Wells when he got here. He just brought a Mountain West staff. And then added a, albeit a former player who I really love that he got here, but a Conference USA wide receivers coach when his guy left. If Grant McCaslin comes, if he gets a great staff, I have no issue with that. Not a major issue. But it also wouldn't be a splash, which a lot of people threw around that word early in the coaching search, a splash hire. I do hope, though, that the Lady Raiders get their due for being in the Super 16 in the WNIT. Even though you also have two other sports and spring football going on right now. uh, Well, more than two sports, but two sports that are doing really well. Nobody in the D1 world has more combined wins between a softball and baseball program than Texas Tech this weekend. As of today, through last weekend, nobody, I think uh, maybe the softball program put that out, that stat out, or the athletic department, whoever it was, Texas Tech has the most D1 wins between a baseball and softball program. They're both going to Austin this weekend. Uh, a A tough place to play regardless of how the other team is. The Texas Longhorns have won 10 straight, but really haven't played anybody. You've not won 10 straight. You have two losses in your last... uh, How long ago? How many games ago was... You might have four losses in your last 10. I'm, I'm not looking at a schedule, but those are two teams uh, with a pulse. Iowa gets you once. Iowa's pretty good. Oklahoma State gets you once. I think Oklahoma State probably still the best team in the Big 12 if it's not Texas Tech. But all that goes out the window when you go to Austin. All of it. And I mean all of it. You've had some success there. It's not out of the question. Tim Tadlock certainly isn't pulling a Paul Mills and Oral Roberts head coach saying, well, you know, it's Duke. 
it's Texas. That uh, burnt orange is pretty intimidating. No, he's pulling a drum, Tang. Or either he pulls a Tang or Tang pulled a Tadlock. Saying, I don't care who it is. Roger Clemens isn't coming through that door. Roger Clemens' son, uh, was it Cody? Carson? Chris? One of those. Isn't coming through that door. Cody Clements? Who is the uh, Golden Spikes kid? Cody? Carson? Craig? Started with a C, I think. Or a K. Uh, I might have started with a K. Is it Casey? Anyways, I don't know why I'm spending so much time with that. I think it was Cody, though. Regardless, you have the cachet to waltz down into Austin and beat him two out of three or three out of three. Let's hit the text line real quick before we hit our first break. Rob, I'm slowly getting off the Jason Kidd as a coach bandwagon. The Mavs lost last night by four and only scored 12 points in the fourth quarter, and he didn't call a timeout when he should have. He was asked why he didn't, and he said, actually, when you take a timeout, you kind of send a message that you don't trust him. Why would a coach say that? Because Jason Kidd is a terrible coach. He was a bad hire. He wasn't successful at his last stops. Jason Kidd is a bum. Just because you're a great player doesn't mean you're a great coach. It seems like after every big loss, and they've had a lot lately, just terrible, excruciating collapses. And afterwards, he's like, yeah, well, I'm just sitting and watching the game. I'm watching the same game you are. No, you're coaching, Jason. Every coach in America takes timeouts, Jason. Except for you and Mark Adams. All right, we'll take a break when we come back. It's the Rob Rose Show. Talk 103.9. More texts coming. You can text in 806-855-3712. It's Rob Rose Show. Talk 103.9. News. Money Sports. Welcome back. Rob Rocha talking 3.9 News, Money, Sports. This texture. I wonder if Bruce Pearl could still be a dark horse candidate to success at multiple five multiple power five programs. Eh, maybe. I mean, would you rather go get a guy like Bruce Pearl who you know what he you know what his ceiling is, but it's a pretty good ceiling. Or a guy like Grant McCasin where you kind of roll the dice on what a ceiling could be. This texture went and watched one Lady Raiders game this year in person. Unfortunately, it was the big bring back ninety three national championship team day, and Baylor dominated them in the loss. Expose that there's lots of work to do in becoming a legitimate NCAA postseason contender. Nice that I can watch them on ESPN Plus this season and hopefully Tech meets another round in the NIT. Yeah, uh, Baylor wasn't as good this year, but they're still the cream of the Big 12. 
And I don't know that that game exposed them so much as the like the season did. I would say that game in West Virginia where you really gave it away at the end. Um, there's a few more games where I really thought Texas Tech should have won and couldn't close it out. That Baylor game, when big stuff like that happens and you have big reunions or whatever else, it just feels like there's a little bit of a distraction. Uh, I wouldn't read too much into that one game in particular, but you're dead on that this team is still a year or two away. Now, the youth on this team, and if this was men's basketball, I would start saying, you know, a lot of these players are going to be taken away. It's just because that's kind of how men's basketball works. But in women's basketball still, you have a really good NIL program for the Lady Raiders uh, team-wide deal. Uh, plus, other players can go and make what they want to make on top of that. I would say that Gerlich, Coach Gerlich, and this young core with the players they've recruited and the number one JUCO girl that came this year and didn't play, moving into next year, you're going to take a big step. And Riley McKinney and Bailey Maupin got a ton of minutes this year as freshmen and sophomores. McKinley, uh, a third-year sophomore. You just, you feel... You feel good about the direction of the Lady Raiders. I do. I feel good. Uh, this texture, spring football. My thoughts exactly. I'm really excited about spring football. By the way, there's some uh, notable number changes and position changes uh, that were released today. As part of the uh, Texas Tech media update for spring football, we got a spring roster. Um, I have not looked over the spring roster in depth yet. I've been on air. Uh, that's something we will certainly do over the next couple of days. And the new numbers, uh, Rabbit's gone to number one. Miles Cole to number six. Koi Eakin to number eight. A data rate of 14. Uh, Robert Wooten's still around. Did not know that. It's uh, 15. From 51 to 15, I think. Uh, the newcomers, Ledette Jr., Quincy Ledette Jr., defensive lineman number five. Steve Linton from Syracuse, number seven. C.J. Baskerville, number 9. Dre McCray, number 10. Rusty Stats, 53. 53 is a great number for a center, by the way. Great number. If I had mentioned spring football today, very exciting. Um, this texter, no thanks on Bruce Pearl. Already had that sideshow here. We just called it Chris Beard. 
if Bruce Pearl came and got you to two Elite Eights, a Final Four, and a National Championship appearance, uh, I would not complain. I would not complain. By the way, Chris Beard was never coming back, but there's a world. <laughs> there's a world where he might have. Oh, man. Some alternate reality. I wonder if you could get it in a room with Chris Beard off the record and legitimately ask him if he regrets leaving Texas Tech and, and the situation he had where they were all in on him and the fans were completely 100% bought in and they were on a higher trajectory, even though they'd gone 500, if he could go back even a year or two into his tenure and kind of change some of the things he did. I wonder how much remorse and regret there is. Because from the outside, it seems like zero. And the only regret is that he, you know, failed at Texas because of his personal life. Uh, but even that, there doesn't seem like there's any regret. Just... There's regret that it, not that it happened, because in his press conference he said he knows what happened. Uh, but there's regret that it, I guess, went public. The 30 for 30 on Chris Beard and Mark Adams and that era of Texas Tech basketball, that, if that if that is ever made will be fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, this texture, uh, yeah, maybe. There's, uh, yeah, I'm not going to read that. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot more reasons or things that would have had to happen for Chris Beard to come back, not just what the texture says. All right, let's take the break. When we come back, Let's do a little preview of spring football. What we're looking for, what we want to see, any kind of things that will make you feel better or worse about Texas Tech football, you can text them in, 806-855-3712. What do you want to see? What do you want to have happen? Who do you want to shine here in spring football 2023? Year two of Joey McGuire. Rob Brush will talk 18.9 News Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Rocho Talk, 103.9 News, Money Sports. The text line, 806-855-3712. Some broad, broad thoughts on Texas Tech spring football. And I do mean broad. What do 
I personally want to see, and again, I want your answers as well, 806-855-3712. What do you want to see from spring football? I want to see Tyler Shuck dominate the quarterback position battle. And I still think there should be a position battle. I don't think anybody's in pin. I want to see him dominate. Just go out, own the team, play better than Baron Morton, leave no doubt that he should be the starter moving forward. Now, it is hard to argue with Tyler Shuck's on-field performance this season. If you look at who he played against and who Baron Morton played against and the health of the quarterbacks while they were playing, I can absolutely see why somebody would want to see Baron Morton early this coming year. And I can absolutely see why somebody would say that it is a true quarterback competition and Baron Morton should get a shot to be the starter heading into next year. I get all that. But in my opinion, and this is not the opinion I had last year. I was absolutely a Baron Morton guy last year. But how Tyler Shuck closed last year, winning four straight, again, the competition level. Yes, he looked really bad coming in cold against TCU. But in games that Tyler Shuck has started and finished, Texas Tech is undefeated. In a game where nobody looked good on offense, in Ames, Iowa, in the snow, he threw a dot to Baylor Cup and ran some really tough first downs to score enough points to win that game. He put you in a hole early against Oklahoma and absolutely willed you back. The Texas Bowl speaks for itself. And then you have... My biggest knock on Tyler Shuck was that it seemed like he was just here for Tyler Shuck. And then you have the comments post-game against Oklahoma. You have the podcast he went on with some Oregon guys extolling the virtues of West Texas and Texas Tech. Being liberal with his language. Showing a little personality. And then... One of the dumbest things of the offseason that really makes me feel good about Tyler Shuck as a starting quarterback was that uh, Skitty did making fun of uh, Coach Coach Kirk. The personality plus buying back in for year three now, becoming a true Red Raider, if he can put together a full season of tape, where does he land on the Pantheon of Texas Tech quarterbacks? I don't know, but pretty high in my opinion, especially if he wins eight or nine games this year. Do I think Baron Morton is the future? Yes. Do I think Baron Morton has a higher ceiling with his arm? Probably. But I am 
higher on Tyler Shuck than I've ever been heading into this year. And I want to see that manifested on the field in spring practice. Tyler Shuck was really bad in the spring game last year. Objectively. Not that anybody was way better, but Shuck was objectively bad. I want to see him dominate this year and really control the proceedings. I also want to see Baron Morton dominate, but I I want Tyler Shuck to claim this job moving into the fall, and it seems like he already has, but I I don't want to I don't want too much I don't want this uh well, we're going to play both quarterbacks. I want a starting quarterback. And I want Baron Morton to play a bunch because Tyler Shuck's just running away with teams in the first half, in the first three quarters. That's the dream. Elsewhere, a lot of position changes on the defense in that front seven. Data Ray flipping the defensive line rolls. Uh, a couple of guys being called, you know, linebacker instead of D-line. Uh, Josiah Pierre, one of those guys. A couple of guys being called outside linebacker instead of defensive line. Uh, that's that Tyree Wilson role. It feels like you're going to have uh, a Data Ray and Miles Cole and a couple of other guys in that role. Very excited to see what that rolls into. Dre McCray, how exciting does he look? Uh, the health of Loic Fungi, how exciting does he look? Obviously, Duran Bradley. There's only so much you can tell in a spring football setting, ones on ones and twos on twos and whatever else. But when you look just as an outsider on returners, you have to be high on this offense. Because not everyone is back, but you have 10 or 11 starters back. There are some guys that started last year that aren't back. Weston Wright, Trey Cleveland, now at North Texas. But the bulk is all back. Sir Roderick Thompson not back, but you feel really good about your running back room. To the text line, Rob, Tyler will crush all your dreams and hopes, and denying it is inevitable. Has he crushed him yet, besides getting hurt? By the way, people saying he's injury-prone because he got his collarbone hurt twice, they put titanium in that bad boy the second time. It's not getting hurt again. Knock on wood. Sorry, I threw off Connor there. <laughs> what was that knock? <laughs> uh, and again, if the if there were questions about Tyler Shuck's toughness, how do those last four weeks not alleviate all of that? Now, do I think he's going to come in and? Have a Patrick Mahomes 5,000-yard season? No, but do I think he could have a Nick Shimanek season? Yeah. 3,900 yards of offense, passing, 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. 
Would you take that? Yes, of course you would. Especially if it's, you know, four or 500 yards of rushing, too. Uh, this texter on the coaching search, Rob, I call him Grant McGasland with a G because he's a fart. Grande Pollo. I, again, Grant McCasland is a guy. He's a jag, man. He's just a guy. He's a guy who I envision could be successful here, but there are also other guys I think could also be successful that I would need to get in and call before I get to McCaslin, and it seems like they're doing that. They're not just interviewing one guy. It's not just a charade to delay before they actually hire McCaslin. If they hire McCaslin, it's because they think he's the best guy, in my opinion. And a couple of guys turned him down. One last text here before we go to the break. Uh, Rob, stop waking up Connor by knocking. You know this is the time he gets the best sleep. I have to see it to believe it for Shuck. He's not impressed me yet. Hopefully he does this year. How did the last four games not impress you? I mean, he was really impressive against Ole Miss. He was really impressive in the last three quarters against Oklahoma. I was really impressed with the Iowa State game. He was really impressive against, uh, who'd you open up against? Montana State? Granted, Montana State. Are there deficiencies in Tyler Shuck's game? Yes. But I am a Tyler Shuck fan. Uh, let's head to break here on this one. I'm a Tyler fan after meeting an up close and personal at a church, church luncheon where he shared his, sh- let me try that again, shared his faith in Jesus. Surprisingly, founded Oregon as a freshman. Our group prayed over his upcoming season and I prayed over his shoulders and protection from injuries. How about a Heisman Trophy as Tech goes off for a big season? We'll see. It's Rob Bro Show Talk, 103.9 News, when he sports one final segment after this. Welcome back. It's Rob Bro Show Talk, 103.9 News, Money Sports. This texture, after years of crazy stats, do tech fans have an inability to evaluate quarterback play in 2023? This is such an interesting question. This texture is known to have interesting questions. He does it for a living. Um... I'm intrigued by the question because I think for a while, absolutely. Um, in 17, Shimanek's play was so looked down upon because he wasn't Patrick Mahomes or B.J. Simmons. Uh, Alan Bowman threw for 600 yards and got two years of praise off of it in one game.
and then you ha- you haven't had a good quarterback since play for a season. Since Shimanek, you've not had a guy play for a full season. In 18, you had Bowman and Duffy. In 19, you had Bowman and Duffy and Columbia. In 20, you had Bowman and Columbia. 21, you had Shuck and Donovan Smith and Columbia. Did I give too many years of Columbia there? How long was he here? And then last year you had Shuck, Donovan, Morton, and Shuck. If Shuck plays a full season, he will be the best quarterback since Nick Shimanek, stats-wise, for a full season. Partly by the nature of I think he's the best quarterback since... You have two quarterbacks on the roster that I think would be the best quarterback since. Uh, partly because he would have played every season, every game this season, and that hasn't happened since. Oh, but I do think there is part of it that is compounded there by the Zach Kitley offense, and you're still expecting the Western Kentucky Bailey Zappi production. So it's not only that Texas Tech has had a history of huge quarterback play, but it's also that you hired an offensive coordinator that just broke B.J. Simmons' record that stood for 20 years. So I do think there is a little bit, but I think that's just as Big 12 fans. You're a little bit skewed when you look at offense because of what the offense was in the Big 12 for so long. And it hasn't been that in five or six years. Rob, in your opinion, what is a successful football season? What is a successful basketball season? And with the new basketball coach, what is our goal and timeline for him? Final four appearance in three years, Natty in five. Um, Let's go question by question. When you're asking what is a successful season, that is strictly year-by-year basis. And in this year for football, people are going to look down on this, I think. But in my opinion, doing what you did last year for a second year in a row, that's a winning Big 12 record. And a bowl around the Texas Bowl. Let's not say you have to go to the Texas Bowl, but that kind of bowl. So that would be seven or eight wins because you could go 3-0 and in non-conference play. You did not last year. And a quality bowl game. That is a successful season in year two of Joey McGuire. Do you want to start punching up to Big 12 championship land very soon? Yes. Is it a unsuccessful season if you go 7-5, and five, lose to Oregon, and have a winning Big 12 record? No. If you go 3-0 in non-conference play, go 7-5 and and have a losing Big 12 record, eh, still good, but in my opinion, a step back. So if you beat Oregon, I want to be 8-4. and four. That is success to me. I want a winning Big 12 record every year, 5-4 and four at the least. Anything over that cake in year two of Joey McGuire land. 
What is a successful basketball season in the NCAA tournament? And moving forward for the Lady Raiders, an NCAA tournament. I think once you get to the NIT, once you get some postseason taste, every year, NCAA tournament, that's the goal. Uh, let me get a coach hired before I start doing the the timeline for him. Uh, and then we just get a, an angel emoji. All right. One last text to, to end on. Uh, the Shuckanon fans who keep trying to drag our QB1 down are the perpetually miserable fans we have to endure. Shuck will be first team all Big 12 this season. If not Shuck, who? If not Shuck, who? Dylan Gabriel? Blake Shapin? The mullet? I think he cut the mullet off, though. Quinn Ewers? We'll be back tomorrow on the Raiderland, 11 a.m. I'm Rob Bro. I'll be Rob Bro. I've been Rob Bro. We'll see you then. The views and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not necessarily the views of Talk 1340, its advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media.